Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey friends, welcome into episode number 86 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. My guest on the show today is Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Let me tell you about Ben really quick. He is the founder of Live For Yourself Consulting. He's a leadership and career coach. He's a talent development executive. He's a values geek. I'm telling you what, I love this. Values geek. Ben and I are going to go deep into some stuff around values, so buckle up for that. Ben's also an international speaker, online course instructor, and a podcaster like myself. Um, He's just really passionate about guiding leaders to be the leader of their own career and to create a career that they love. Ben's got a really powerful story, and he's going to share that with you today here on the show. We're going to get into all kinds of amazing stuff, including talking about your executive brand. You know, we talk all the time about digital footprint and now how that has evolved into our own personal brand. Today, Ben's going to take us even deeper and we're going to talk about our executive brand. It's such a great conversation, folks, and you're going to get it right on the other side of these messages, including a message from today's sponsor, Peer Driven PD. Hey, leaders, you know, teachers and administrators don't always see eye to eye. So it might surprise you that over 86% of teachers and administrators agree that we need more full-time classroom teachers leading our professional development. That's where my friends at Peer Driven PD come in. Peer Driven PD finds some of the best teachers in the country and documents their instructional strategies that work in real classrooms every day. And then they make the content available to schools everywhere. It's kind of like a masterclass, but for teachers. Imagine that your teachers are learning from other amazing teachers who, just like them, are gifted and passionate about driving student achievement. And if you've got your own superstar teachers who deserve some exposure, Peer Driven PD will visit your campus and film your own teachers doing what they do best and share it on the platform for their colleagues and everyone else to see. What a huge morale boost that can be for a district. And just so you know, Mike Alpert, who's the company's founder, has been a guest on this very podcast. Check out episode 49. Mike's a former teacher and administrator who has worked with schools from coast to coast. He really understands the need for engaging PD that teachers will appreciate. Look, I've seen this work firsthand. It's unique, it's interesting, and it's just what you need if your teachers want more out of their professional development. Visit peerdrivenpd.com to request a quote. Tell them the Leaning Into Leadership podcast sent you, and they'll give you a free trial access so you can check out all of their content and decide for yourself. As well, they'll give you an additional 10% off your first year's subscription simply for mentioning the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Go to peerdrivenpd.com today. Again, that's peerdrivenpd.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Just exactly what does it mean when we say leadership? What is leadership and what isn't leadership? 
Today, that's going to be our topic here on the show with my guest, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Ben, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pulling out my old encyclopedias from when I was a kid. I got my Webster's Dictionary next to us. I got Wikipedia. I got a lot of different definitions of leadership, but which one's the right one? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with uh, with the topic of leadership today. Uh, before we dive into that, though, just really quick, if you would, share with my listeners who maybe don't know who you are, just a little bit about you, where you're coming from, kind of what your expertise is. And so my background's in organizational leadership, as well as talent and leadership development. I got my doctorate in organizational leadership with a concentration in coaching, but all that stuff is not that fun, right? I'm more so a values geek. I care very deeply about aligning our values with our life, specifically in the professional world. And so I help leaders define that for themselves, right? To figure out what their executive brand is, turn that into their actual persona, and to eventually integrate that into their career for greater career fulfillment. It doesn't stop there because a leader can impact their teams. And so also working with those individual leaders on how to impact their teams in a way that's engaging and motivating and underlying all that allows people to feel empowered to create whatever it is they want in their career. So often my clients are looking for permission when they just need to give themselves permission and then also feel accountable. You know, too often people play the victim when it comes to career satisfaction and opportunities in regards to their career. They're very reactive instead of proactive. There needs to be a level of accountability. And I work very directly with my clients on that too. Love every bit of that. And th there's one piece in there that I, well, actually several that I really want to get into, but I, I want to go right at um, you talking about the executive brand. You know, right now we live in a world where everybody has a personal brand. You know, whether they're building a brand on social media or or whatever the case may be. I actually had a great conversation with some colleagues the other night over dinner talking about the difference between what we used to talk about in education and, and actually I think we talked about this across across many genres, was leaving a digital footprint. And now it has really shifted to your digital brand, your personal brand. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that executive brand. Maybe maybe talk a little bit about where that term comes from. Well, if you haven't actually consciously tried to create a brand, it doesn't mean you don't have one. You have a brand, period, if you like it or not. You don't have a choice. What you do have a choice is of how are you showing up? Are you intentional with that brand? Are you consistent? Are you creating credibility, reliability, a sense of vision? and ultimately presence, which are the four key pillars of executive presence with how, with your general, with who you are generally, right, as a leader. And that can be everything from how people feel around you when you're not talking, to how they feel about when you are talking, to the presence that you and focus that you bring to situations, to how you communicate what you stand for and your values, and also what you believe those values are. Because if we tend to be unstable or unsure, or have a, a lack of clarity around our own values and vision as a leader, that actually comes off as a lack of confidence. It creates a lack of trust because you're not as credible and you're not as reliable because you're not showing up consistently. So there, I mean, those key pillars are really crucial to our brand and it's influenced ultimately by our mindset, by our overall energy, and then also our verbal communication. And so that's like how you sound, right? And you have different tonations and yeah. are you using the power of your voice? And like, so there's like some physical aspects and then there's some personal internal aspects. 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's spot on, and you you hit something there that you know is is one of my big talking points. Uh, anytime I'm talking about leadership, is really about that clarity, um, and I love that you talk about values because. Um, you know, you're, you're totally spot on. If we as leaders are not clear about what we really care about, what we really value, what we want to see, what we want, you know, what our expectations are, that type of thing, it's very difficult for people around us to come even close to hitting those targets because we really don't even know what they are. How, how do you approach that when you're working with uh, maybe in, maybe it's an earlier career leader? Um, you know, you, you've talked, uh, you and I talked in, in a previous conversation about, you know, one of one of the groups that you really focus on are those young CEOs. And I would imagine that's probably one of the first struggle areas. How do you approach that with people? And before even defining clarity itself, and I'd love your take on this too, it, it blows my mind. And I mean, this is why I have a job. But the lack of vocalization of interest from a leader or even of their journey. So for example, the doom scrolling on LinkedIn, liking a post, but maybe not commenting or sharing anything. The fear that surrounds this idea of what if I say the wrong thing, what will people think of me? And so they're even they're preventing themselves from even having a digital footprint. And they're just actually, they have a digital footprint. Their brand is I'm not active, I'm not engaged, I don't have a voice. Yeah. But then also I'm working with about five different leaders in the same organization on the same team who also have known themselves for probably over over two decades, by a very long time of their career. They, it's interesting, they're not even sure if we're working together, like if they're all working with me on their own leadership development and executive presence. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I, I don't share anything, but they weren't vocalizing the fact they were on that journey. Now they were making improvements and making changes and integrating things into their own brand as a leader, but they weren't open about it. They weren't discussing it and you lose a huge opportunity. Like if I, you, someone listens to this podcast right now, go to your boss, go to your manager, go to a peer, go to a friend and be like, this is what I learned on this leadership podcast. Cause I'm trying to develop into a leader. And it's, it's like this acceptance of that. We're on this journey. We're not trying to be perfect. And it, we have to get out of within ourselves, right? To be able to curate a career that actually can create more and more opportunities for us. We're very much limiting ourselves. Yeah, I think I think a big part of that, um, without saying the word, you're talking about vulnerability. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times, especially early career leaders, because they do get so wrapped up in, you know, what are their responsibilities? What is the stuff that needs to get done? All of those kinds of things. And they lose sight of the fact that when you're a leader, you're you're in the people business. I mean that that's your job is to lead people. I mean the outcomes of their work that that may be, you know, a product or a service or whatever the case may be, but as the leader your primary focus is to get everybody aligned with a vision to to change a reality and I think the early career leaders really struggle with that. And and that may lead to some of the um the profile you were describing of the person who just hits the like button but doesn't comment, um, I, I would I would almost call that like a lurking life where, you know, I'm just kind of I'm below the surface. I'm just kind of moving along, not going to make any waves. If, if you're just going to lurk, you're not going to lead, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's huge. Yeah. And what you pick now isn't going to be what you have to pick tomorrow. I, I think people tend to get a little concerned if I say something, what if I, 
What is it going to mean about me a year from now? And if we come from a place of truth for ourselves, authentic, authenticity, and we are vulnerable, then what you share is going to align with who you are at your core. And you asked about how do we get clarity as a leader? Well, first off, it's understanding who you are, right? What is the authentic self within you? And that tends to be what you lean into, or it makes you a little uncomfortable, or where you're trying to grow. But an even, even easier place to start is what attracted you to your role in the first place? What attracts you to do the work that you do? What lights you up? What's that spark within you? And what part of the organization's vision do you align with? As leaders, we actually can have it kind of pretty easy because for us to do our jobs, we have to be positive and proactive and solution-oriented with anything that happens in the organization. Now, too often leaders, they try to create connection with their direct reports by taking this, it's not, it's not me, it's them, type of mentality, and you're actually undermining your leadership authority. And so when we think about clarity of vision and what do we communicate, start with the organization, start about the impact of your department, start about the impact of the people that work within that department, and then you'll be able to then curate, well, then why am I here? And then you can add to that as well, and then you can share that throughout your team and throughout the organization. Hey, Education Heroes, this is Kyle Hill, founder of The Recharged Family and host of the Exhausted Educators Recharged podcast. I want to tell you about something amazing that's happening this summer called the Recharged Family Back to School Virtual Bash. Our Recharged Family team is working to put together over 50 workshops provided by educational leaders from across multiple continents. The idea here is that we're all working together to help you and educators everywhere get ready for the new school year. And an amazing feature of all this is it's all going to be video recorded workshops. You can watch them all year long. Registration opens up on July 1st. And as long as you register before August 1st, you'll get everything for 10 bucks. You can register at rechargefamily.com. That's rechargefamily.com. We will return to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast in just a moment. But first, let me ask you a question. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I should write a book? Well, if you have, then let me ask you another question. What's holding you back? What keeps you from taking the step that moves you from, I have an idea about a book, to, I am a published author? From experience, I would bet it's probably you're wondering who would even want to read a book that I wrote. Maybe you're questioning the idea. Is it unique enough? Is it valid enough? Is it good enough to be a book worthy of having published? Hey, as a best-selling author myself, I can tell you most writers have had the exact same feelings at some point in time during their writing journey. Here at Road to Awesome, we believe in cultivating leaders by elevating voices and promoting positivity. And a part of that work is publishing books for educators by educators. Go to roadtoawesome.net and hit the contact us button to set up a free, no obligation conversation about your book idea. Hey, educators, we've all had incredible experiences. We all have amazing stories and every one of them deserves to be told. Go to roadtoawesome.net, hit the contact us button. Let's have that conversation about your book idea. And now, back to the Leaning into Leadership podcast. I'm curious what it was, what was that moment for you that that took you from, from where you were to, you know what, I really want to help 
early career leaders. I want to support leaders. I, I know what my moment was, but but let's talk about that a little bit because I know you have a really interesting story behind what led you into ulti- ultimately getting your doctorate degree in organizational leadership. Can we share moments? Can we share our roads to awesome together? Can I go and then can I hear We absolutely can okay. share our roads awesome. to awesome. You bet. So my road to awesome came from a road of self-loathing and victimhood and disengagement and hate for my work. I was in a very dark place of resentment and anger towards my organization. I thought that it was supposed to give me meaning. I thought that my boss was supposed to make me happy. And I blamed them for me feeling the way that I did. I was going into work, not trying to work. I was avoiding social relationships. I was trying to get out of conversations like, why am I having the conversation with this guy? I'm not going to, I don't want to be here. I was two feet out the door, constantly applying to jobs, et cetera. You know, very unhappy. I can, I can literally go on and on about that because I was that unhappy and people were coming to me crying each and every day because of our leadership. And I was angry, but then something just clicked. And it was weird because I actually did this whole personal development journey when I was younger and learned about reframing and psychology and confidence and all those things. And I felt like I was there. I didn't realize that I could do that for my career. I didn't realize that I was in the one in control in the driver's seat. I'm the one making the decision to be unhappy. But then it was like some synapses were firing and they did this thing. And all of a sudden it was like this light bulb went out and I was like, went off and I was like, oh, okay. Oops. (laughs) My bad. I'm doing this to myself. And I think it was because I was surrounded by people that seemed to feel the same way. Like everyone was in this kind of victim. I hate my life kind of mindset going into work each and every single day. And like, I don't want that to be me. And so I did a hard career audit. I was like, what do I care about? What am I passionate about? What challenges I want to face? What do I hate? What do I dislike? Where do I want to go next? And where do I want to go now? How do I make today more enjoyable? And that led me to really identify that most of my enjoyment that was that came from work, really the only enjoyment was from this emerging leaders program that I was a part of. And I had this one connection with this mentor who was our like director of coaching, director of people within all of our entire corporate you know, organization and system. And I was like, okay, wait a second. I was talking to this guy, but didn't realize that this was a job. Like this is the thing that I could do. And so I went to my boss and I said, look, I'm really interested in this space. I can still do my work. You asked, you want me to be more engaged. This is how I can become more engaged. And so I, she said, sure, go do, go do some work with them. And so I connected with them and we, I started on some projects. I was ready, geared up and ready to go to take control of my career. And then we got acquired for the second or third time or something like that. Everyone I was working with got fired. Everything got centralized. And so I had to figure out the actual path, right? How do I make this a reality? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm going to actually go figure out how to make this my career or at least explore it, get curious about it now that I know that it exists. And that led me to eventually going to get my doctorate and then utilizing my skills in coaching and entrepreneurship to launch live for yourself consulting. And then I've worked internally in organizations too. Like I was recently the head of talent development of a life sciences manufacturing company, but so it just that little light bulb, right? And that idea of like, okay, I'm going to go make this happen for myself. I'm going to get curious and figure it out. It it's only been, you know, from that point, you know, five, six, again, like between five and seven years, which really isn't that long when you think about, wow, I'm like literally fulfilled in my career, have an incredible business, I've developed all these great skills, worked with all these great clients and feel like I'm actually making the impact that I want to make in the world. Well, it, it takes us back to uh, one. I really appreciate you sharing that story. There's, there's a lot of power in there. And, and here's why I think you know, there are a lot of people listening right now 
who can absolutely identify with, you know, having those moments on their path where, man, I really hate what I'm doing today. Or you're in the car on the way to work thinking, if I just turn left here or if I just turn right there, you know, maybe just maybe I, I go someplace other than to my office, to my classroom, to my cubicle, what whatever it is. I, I, we've all had those moments where we're just like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore, and it's it's really powerful. And again, I appreciate that you share that. I think a couple of my big takeaways from from what you just said, Ben, are number one. And, and I know it's 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 the title of your business too. You've got to live for yourself. And number two, it's really not selfish to take that look inside and say, wait a minute, you know, I only get to live once. What is it that actually makes me happy? What is it that actually lights me up in the morning? What is it that actually makes me feel like I'm making a difference? I'm making an impact. You know, listening to your story honestly takes me back to kind of that that moment for me when it was time after 26 years to leave public ed and now do what I do between the speaking and the leadership coaching and and the publishing. I feel like I make an impact. I I feel, I mean, just listen to me talking about it right now. I'm fired up talking about what I get to do. But man, there was a moment and it was a dark moment. But I was done and I knew it. But there was a part of me that nearly kept going because you do, you feel kind of selfish. Like, why should I get to make this choice for myself? Is is self-leadership selfish or is it something we should all be exploring? Mm-hmm. I was actually, as you were talking, I was having that literal question in my mind because I'm like, I really want to talk about this. I think it's super important. And let's just say, for example, like who's who's a guru that you really enjoy listening to or follow or think has changed the world? Um, well, I, I guess I would go to some of my favorite podcast uh, gurus right now, maybe like um, uh, Ed Milet. Let, let, let's just go with Ed Milet. One of my favorites. Let's say Ed Milet has some best friends and I'm not sure if he's married or not. Let's say in this in this conversation, there's someone really close to him, a best, uh, a partner, intimate partner, and then a, a group of really close friends. They go to him and they like, look, we really need you to come work with us on our construction business. Like, we really need you to. It's really important. We need someone, we need some labor. We just also like having you around. Is it selfish for Ed Milet to say, but this is the thing that I love doing and this is the thing that I'm really good at. And this is the thing that serves the world. Is, is it selfish for him to say that to them and say, no, I can't go work in your construction business. And like, it's, it's almost mind boggling because we do that every single day. I have yeah. to stay in this job right now because of all these other pressures. I have to become resentful. I have to limit my gifts and my strengths because of something outside of myself. When I could be doing something that literally can change the world. Why? Because it aligns with who I am. And when I when things align with who I am, I can serve in a way that is more powerful than anything else that I could be doing with my time. And I show up differently. I give love to the world. I give confidence to the world. And whatever you can bring more of into the world will create more of it. And so that that's where my mind goes. It's like if Michael Jordan, when he was playing basketball, someone came up to him and was like, we really need you to go work in this ice cream shop. 
It's like, is it selfish for them <laughs> to keep playing basketball? So those are the types of questions that come up in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, so let's, let's stay with the Jordan analogy. Um, wins three straight NBA titles and walks away to pursue, pursue a life as a professional baseball player. You know, I would imagine that there are probably some Chicago Bull fans still to this day, because when he came back, not immediately, but when he came back, they won three, three in a row again, that probably look at that window of time while he was gone and think, man, I was pretty selfish. You know, if he had stayed, how many more titles do the Bulls win? But he followed some. I love that you used Jordan as, as an example because – and it turned out he, he went and explored it, but the guy, the guy couldn't hit at the major league level, period. He just couldn't. Okay. Then he came back to, came back to that thing that really you know, fulfilled his purpose. But, but he had to go try it. He had to go at least take a shot at it. So uh, I guess where I'm kind of meandering on my road right now is – just because we follow something that we really think, and, and I think you said it when you were talking about this this career path for you of at least exploring it, that's not selfish to do that. And to be honest, maybe there's a risk, but a lot of times it's worth that risk, right? You literally had somebody, a prof- one of the, the highest paid professional athletes at the time, say, I've had enough of this for his own, whatever reasons, his own reasons. He wanted to bring something else into yeah. the world which was pretty cool that he was able to do that. I think that's, that's a pretty unbelievable example to the rest of the world that you can choose what you want to choose. And then you can also still be successful for whatever reason. He still made it <laughs> like he didn't do that great. Yeah. But oh, my. I do not know many professional athletes that can literally switch sports like that is unbelievable. Talk about a, a greatness. Yeah. And I'm from Chicago, so I'm a little biased. But then he was able to come back <laughs> like what? Yeah. How is this even? possible in reality so if anything i feel like the benefit of watching that story is just incredible like an incredible an incredible example of living for yourself right as long as he was making those decisions for him who knows right who knows why he actually made those decisions yeah Yeah, but there's you know especially if you watch the last dance i mean there's just so much passion to what he was doing and it an unbelievable perfectionist by the way you know i mean again that's one of my my favorite documentary series i think i've I've ever watched not just because i'm a basketball fan not just because i was a bulls fan but just simply to see him and his ability to lead and the way he went about leading every day and you know to like you said i mean to to be able to take that risk and go and play you know, professional baseball. And I mean, he had a cup of coffee at the major league level, but but he was not a major league player. But then, yeah, he turns it right around, comes right back and not the season he came back, but the next year they're winning three in a row again. And again, just his his leadership and his passion for, you know, we have to get it done this way. And I will pull all of you there. So this is this is that creating the vision and getting everybody to the vision that that he was able to create. Um, just a truly gifted athlete, but also a truly gifted leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and self leadership really is about being able to lead yourself despite any sort of circumstance. It's taking whatever external environment there is in front of you and making the choice to live intentionally towards what you want to achieve. 
and it aligns with your values, hopefully, right? Because that then leads to more fulfillment. And he did that. Like he, and I, again, I, I need to watch The Last Dance, I guess, and I uh, need to know a little bit more about his intentions. But oh. it, it seems to be that he was able to take any sort of external situation and find a way to operate within that situation for the best of what he needed. And that, that is true self-leadership. And then leaders curate an environment for the people around them to do the same. Now, from what I understand about him, he was very much a perfectionist and pushed people in a lot oh, of yeah. ways and didn't really, I don't know if he coached and developed others. I think he more so demanded from others. So I don't know if he's a great example yeah. of a leader, but a leader will be able to curate an environment that helps other people do what he did for himself which is find solutions to what they want to achieve. So for for the leader who is working in in the business sector, which is your your primary group that you're spending time with, for the leader in the education space, which is my primary group that that I work with and the primary group that's that's probably listening in right now, what are some steps? What are some things that you suggest for them to to one, lead from that self-leadership space, but then two, to be able to curate that environment where everybody has the opportunity to work toward that shared vision. Yeah, so look at what you need for yourself as a leader and you do the same for other people. And that's like the simplest answer. I'll get more detailed in a second. But if you're going into work and you don't feel engaged because no one's providing you feedback, give some feedback to people. If you don't have role clarity and you're not sure what you're supposed to achieve, so you're getting disengaged, provide some clarity for people. If you've been delegated something and you're not really sure how to do it and you're confused and don't know how to ask somebody, when you delegate someone, take some more time. And so actually look at how you feel. That can be a really good answer for how to help people. Now, everybody's different. So this is where the details come into play. And I'd say, you know, take a look at a couple pillars. And I, I call this out in the team model of managing to motivate. And they're the you know, the, the specific pillars to curate an environment that can engage your team. The first one is trust and trust comes from you really being credible in your space. So are you a subject matter expert when you're not, do you ask questions and get curious and say that you're not, and then are you reliable? So do you follow up and follow through in what you say you're going to do? One of the quickest ways to lose trust with people is actually just not to follow up. It proves that you don't care. It proves that you're not focused. It proves that you aren't someone that they can count on. So once you build trust with individuals, which there's some more pieces, but I called out some of the main ones, you need to figure out what environment your employees need to thrive. So E is an environment that relates to what what's going on in their day-to-day. -day. Who are they engaging with? Are there positive or negative relationships? You want to focus more on positive. Do they have the resources that they need? You saw this when people went remote. No webcams, no microphone, poor internet connection. I mean, no printers. Like there are there are resources from an actual, I need a pen or a piece of paper to do my job to uh, resources in general that relate to, do they have the skills? Have they been trained? And so if, if someone is going into, a, into work, not feeling like they're able to do their work, they're going to disengage and not be able to lead themselves. So you also have to empower them to be able to share what they need. And that can come from conversations and one-to-ones. And the last two, I'll just go quickly through these and then we'll, we'll talk about them, would be actual work. So A is for the actual work. Are they doing things that they enjoy doing that align with their strengths, that challenge them just a little bit, that also relate to what they want to achieve in their career? 
or are they doing things that drain them that they don't know how to do, they don't feel equipped to do? So of course, right, the things that people love to do or that align with their strengths and that are aligned with their career development goals are going to inspire them and motivate them and engage them. And then when it comes to M, which is the meaning, right, the M in team, is do they perceive, do they feel, do they recognize right, the meaning from their work? And so that can also come from questioning from a leader or even just how you share your own vision from the organizational standpoint around meaning. And if you can do all those things, you've curated an environment that can engage and inspire the people that work for you. I think that's fantastic. And so, uh, and, and it ties in really well with, with something I like to call balcony level leadership. So, so as, as the leader, if I am working to, you know, build trust, build the environment where, where they feel, you know, that, that they're seen and heard and, and valued and trusted, um, the actual work that they're doing, is it meaningful to them? And then obviously meaning for me being on the balcony, that's what I would want to be checking in on. Those are the four things that I need to kind of jump up to 10,000 feet or, or whatever, whatever, you know, metaphor you want to use. I talk about being on the balcony because I was a basketball coach and I would always watch the video, which of course is shot from the balcony. So um, I really think it's important that whatever method we have, that we're getting up to kind of an elevated space and checking in on, um, I, I love the team acronym, I really do. So checking in on trust environment, actual work, and meaning. What are some suggestions that you have for how do leaders really audit that work? Schedule a one-to-one and literally write these two, you know, write these pillars out on a piece of paper and touch on one thing in each of these areas, every one-to-one. And it's just so simple, but I'd say at least 80% of the clients I work with don't have one-to-ones with their team members. And I don't mean monthly one-to-ones. I don't mean quarterly one-on-ones. I mean, weekly one-on-ones. And I get so many excuses why I don't have time or we talk, we talk anyways. And then once they implement them, it's a game changer because you can actually start covering these, these pillars in those, in that time. I think that's really powerful. It's so important for us to have that that opportunity to be really intentional and to really check in uh, with those that we lead. It's about relationships. And, and if we're not willing to put the time into the relationship and to really sit down and, and listen and hear, number one, how people are, are feeling about what they're doing, and number two, what they might need, support they might need in order to get there, it's really difficult to truly be a leader. So um, Ben, let's go ahead and do this. Let's transition to the last question I ask everybody here on the podcast. So the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, how are you currently leaning into leadership? So I put all of my favorite leadership books around me and I, I kind of make a little bookcase and I just lean on them and take a little nap. Uh, this might not be the actual case, but okay. So the real answer, uh, I mean- <laughs> That's I a good answer. It's, it's the best answer I've heard on here. It's osmosis, right? You absorb the information when you just, I actually walk around, go. I go to the gym, I tape yeah. books around my head instead of listening to podcasts. Yeah. That's literally what I do. Nice. And nobody, nobody looks at you, do they? Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's, they're looking at me because I'm, I'm fit, you know, I'm working out well. It's just- Yeah, there you go. No, but with- uh, Leaning into leadership. I know I serve leaders. I listen to leadership podcasts. I read leadership books. I go on leadership podcasts like this. I talk about leadership with the people around me. And we talk about brand. Like what is the thing that you want to surround your life with? If you're a leader, part of that should be leadership. 
And I say we all need to lean in to leadership just a little bit more because that's who we are and we have to accept it. And so let's show up that way. Love it. So for my uh, for my listening audience who wants to get in touch with you, which honestly should be all of them, um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, socials, um, website? What do you got? Yeah, so first off, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. That's liveforyourselfconsulting.com. Actually, go there right now. You can download your free ebook, Five Secrets to Creating a Fulfilling Career. That's for everybody. And then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. When I say pretty active, I mean really active. And so find Dr. Benjamin Ritter on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Let me know that you heard me here. Tell me how you are leaning into leadership so I know what podcast you're coming from. And let's just connect and have a conversation if it makes sense. That's perfect. I'll make sure, folks, that the uh, the links that uh, that Ben just talked about there are available for you in the show notes. So you just click on those and go right there to them, and definitely reach out and have that conversation. Doctor Benjamin Ritter, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leading into Leadership podcast. Thanks for having me. Once again, big thank you to Ben Ritter for coming on the show. Great episode, great conversation. Make sure you hit the links that we've dropped down there in the show notes so you can check out all the stuff that uh, that Ben has available for you, including that ebook that is on his website. And now it's time for a pep talk. Earlier this week, I spent a couple of days working with a fairly decent-sized leadership team in the central New York. And one of the activities that we did was really reflecting on ourselves, our own profile of a leader. Who are we as a leader? And if we were a superhero leader, what would our name be? We had to really dig in deep. I really challenged everybody in the room to think about not only what they value, which ties directly into our conversation today with Ben Ritter, but also what are your strengths as a leader? So often we think about the things we're not good at because, well, we're human. We tend to fall in that direction, right? We end up with that deficit mindset of, oh, these are the things I'm not good at. What are your true strengths? What are the things that you as a leader absolutely do amazing? Then I challenged them to go ahead and think about those things that are limiting factors, those areas where they can get a little bit better, those areas that they struggle because we all have them, right? And then ultimately, hey, who are you as a superhero? Who are you as a leader? Give yourself that superhero name. Mine's Dr. Awesome. Well, got to, right? With Road Awesome? Hey, that's my thoughts on the pep talk today. Be willing to reflect. Be willing to dig in deep. And be willing to really kind of examine yourself in maybe even a silly way. But you've got to be willing to look yourself in the mirror and know who you are as a leader if you're going to be effective. Thanks for joining me this week on Leaning Into Leadership. Have a road to awesome day. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.